What's up, everybody? It is Daddy Goods, and today we got T Saint on the podcast. Shout out to her. Man, just hanging out right now. What's going on with you today? I had some crafting to do because, you know, I am a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats. So right now I am treating my feet because I kind of did a lot of work on my feet today. So that's what I'm doing. I'm a woodworker, so I work outside in the morning and leather work in the afternoon, essentially. So constantly on your feet all day long. Always. And that's why I have such an appreciation for feet. You know what I'm saying? People always ask me, like, where my fetish came from. Mm -hmm. Um, You know why I'm into, like, the lifestyle I'm into. And I'm like, because I have an appreciation for feet that a lot of people don't. If you have the ability to walk, then Mm. you need to appreciate your feet. Because they're with you through everything. They walk you through every stage of your life, you know? That's true. They are the foundation to our uh, our flesh suits, should we call them? Exactly. Like I feel like they're one of the most important parts of the body. So why not appreciate them? One hundred percent. I'm with you on that. And you're rubbing the the CBD lotion. Yes, it's like a CBD with eucalyptus and stuff. It's called a pain stick. Um, shout out to this company that makes this pain stick. CBD queen paint stick. It's called the ice queen double menthol. And let me tell you, I put it everywhere in my body, especially my feet and ankles. And in the morning, I'm good to go again. You got to love it. You got to love it because CBD really, truly is the, the medical receptor part of the cannabis plant, right? Exactly. And, you know, for me, because I deal with so many um, health issues it's really important to find natural healing things, you know, as, as much as I can. Although I know some parts of my life I can't go that route, but as much as I can, I will. Right. And they call that homeopathy, right? Is that what they call yes, it? Pretty much homeopathic, herbal remedy, you know, pretty much what our grandmothers would have taught us if we got a knock on the head or you know, <laughs> sprained ankle. Right. No, totally. It would be. And if there was never big pharma, then this is where we would get all of our remedies from. Thank you. But because big pharma wants to have control, right, because they want to make money. And I say this all the time because as a person living with HIV, it's been 10 years. They're like, oh, I'm sure they can find a cure. And I'm like, yeah, but why the fuck would they? You know how much my medication would cost me out of pocket a month? Thousands. Wow. So why would they uh, make a cure if they can make so much money off of people saying, I need to spend this much because I need to survive? Yeah, no, serious. You make a great point right there because Big Pharma really, really does have a, a tight hold on just everything. If there's something that they can provide a medication for, then why in the world would they come up with a cure? I'm sure they do have the cure for many things, especially cancer, probably even as well. That's probably like their biggest moneymaker right there. But when it comes to HIV, I think that you being somebody who is living with HIV, you can probably really attest to this right here. But they, it seems like they have figured something out because a lot of people are living with it now. It used to be the end all Exactly. Yeah, it was the monster. Do you know how many people still call it the monster? 
Like, oh my right. God, she got the monster. Like, let me tell you, I have a child that's seven years old, okay? And I've been living with HIV for 10 years. Do the math. She's healthy. Born inside of my body, she's healthy. What does that mean? That we've come somewhere, right? There's something about the medication that works because if you're undetectable, then you cannot transmit the disease to anyone else. So because through my entire pregnancy, I was undetectable, my daughter is a 100% healthy kid. And being undetectable, is that the medication that's blocking whatever? Yes, exactly. So the medication suppresses the HIV in your blood, right? Because what the HIV does, it kills off your healthy cells. Mm. So if you're not on medication, it gets to run wild and kill off those very important cells. And that's why if someone is diagnosed as a HIV person living with AIDS, living with AIDS mm-hmm. as well, it's because their immune system was attacked so much that their fighter cells, their T cells are so low that now the common cold or a pneumonia or something that a healthy person can get over could kill them. Yeah, I hear you. Were you super, super nervous during the whole COVID pandemic? I was, and a lot of people didn't understand, like, or couldn't, like, they have, they still, because HIV is so stigmatized, it's still this idea that I'm going to hurt you and you can't hurt me because I'm the one that's living with HIV. But the truth is, I'm the one that is dealing with the compromised immune system, right? right? So if my immune system is compromised, anything that you have, I get, it might take me two, three times longer to get better than it would for you. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting right there. And I could only imagine what you were feeling during that time. Wow. So you have been positive now for 10 years, you say? 10 years. Yes. And like going back to like when it all happened, I don't know if you've ever spoke about this in public. Oh, yeah. I talk about my story because the only way to actually create change is to speak about your experiences. Right. Right. So, if you Absolutely. want to hear this story, I'll be more than happy to tell you. Well, yeah, definitely. I that's where I wanted to go with that. Actually, is you know, I, I would like to know the story of like you know when all it right. all happened. Um, how so you felt. I was married when I was super young, right? I was mm-hmm. 19 years old when I got married. I'm in my 30s now. Um, I was 19 years old when I got married. I was in a you know, it was more because I wanted to move out of the house, and that was the stipulation get married then you can move so we were like fuck it let's get married like and that's what it was um i didn't have a good relationship with my husband and i met my partner then Uh and we just had like this crazy connection you know like we just would walk our dogs together and just talk about our lives and all this stuff and one day he told me like yo i got something to tell you you know and we weren't like doing anything intimate with each other we were just like really enjoying each other's energy Uh, And he's like, you know, I was born with HIV and he started crying. And I'm like, I was just like, bro, (laughs) come here. Like, it's all good. What are you crying for? Like, we good. Like, yeah, it wasn't a big deal to me. You know, I wasn't educated. I didn't understand. I wasn't aware that he wasn't taking care of his health. You know what I'm saying? Like, so for me, he was honest about that part. But he wasn't honest about the fact that he was having a hard time taking his health. Even after I went with him to the doctors, we moved to Florida, got his medication shipped over, all that. One day I realized that he wasn't taking his medication. Like all his bottles were uh, 
pretty much unopened. Right. And we had been living in Florida for over a year at this point. Yeah. So I just, my heart just sunk. Because that means that you lied to me. You weren't taking care of yourself. So me thinking that you were taking care of yourself, we're having unprotected sex, trying to have a family and all this stuff at 21 years old. And pretty much like two days later, I sold everything in our house in Florida and we packed the car and we drove back up to New York Mm -hmm. um, to start the whole process again, get him back on medication, see where he was at, like definitely get myself checked out because I already knew, you know what I'm saying? Like I already knew in my heart with all the nasty shit we was doing, <laughs> yeah, you know, there was no chance that <clears throat> I wasn't going to come out living with HIV. So on 4-20-2012 is when I got my results. Mm. And I pretty much just like looked at the doctors, looked at my partner, and was just like, well, what'd you expect? Right. You know? Did you expect something different? <laughs> Right. You know, so I pretty much walked a couple miles home. I smoked like a whole eighth and I just sat there and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to talk to my family about it because they knew that he was living with HIV, but they thought we were, you know, being careful and doing the right thing and stuff like that. Um, And then not even a month later, he passed away from meningitis. Damn. Yep. And at that time, like he was undetectable again. His T cells were back to like normal and stuff, but he just got meningitis from a strep throat like anyone else could. But again, opportunistic infections, you know, and he passed away in front of my eyes like in one day. He was brain dead. Damn. I'm sorry to hear that right there. So after that, like. It was just more fucked up because. I'm this young kid. I have to call all his family and tell them that, you know, their son is dying. And right. I'm also living with HIV. And that's the last thing that they wanted for me. And, you know, how do I deal with all of this? Right, right. Yeah, you seem like a, a really, really strong person. But at the time when finding out, I'm sure there was some some rough breakdown moments as well. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of breakdown moments. I had a lot of moments of just, like, smoking myself to sleep, sleeping all day, being, like, very extremely traumatized. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just... And then I felt the need to be strong for everybody else because everyone looked at me like I was a fucking ghost already, like I was dead already, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, it's going to be her next. So, in my mm-hmm. mind, that's what it was going to be. You know, aren't we all just ghosts to other people at the end of the day, though? Yo, right? It's just is like, why do you even care? Why are you even perceiving me anyway? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't matter before I was living with HIV in this way. Right. So why are you treating me this way now? And I tell people all the time, the hardest thing to deal with about living with HIV is not the actual virus, but it's the stigma that comes with it. You know what I'm saying? And what would the stigma be that you would say? That's, that's people saying, oh my God, Saint, you're so amazing. You're so creative. Like you're good at so many things. You're a nurturer. You're loving, you're caring. You're a great parent. You've overcome so many things, but, but what? Right. 
but I couldn't date you. Like I couldn't have a life with you because I can't handle the fact that you're living with HIV. I'm undetectable. My daughter's healthy. I take care of my health. That's very important to me. I, you know, so for that to be a constant, especially because I'm a person living out loud. Right. You know, I'm, I'm way more open to that stigma. People could just say it to my face now because they know. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's the hard part. I could only imagine how that must feel because I mean that's that's rejection that you have no choice of I have no uh, control over. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like there's nothing that I could do besides what I'm doing to take care of my health, you know, and to make sure the people around me are safe. So to still be judged and stigmatized and kind of be like used and abused for all the other beautiful things that I am and right. just be like, well that mm, that's beyond ignorance, right? Because if they're educated and I've already put them on and did all that stuff, then you're choosing to be ignorant. And that's more than ignorance, that's cruelty, you know? Yeah, no, totally, it, it really is. I mean, man, these are like topics that, you know, I wasn't necessarily anticipating, but these are like the realest. I knew that this conversation was gonna get real when we started talking about your experiences with this because, I mean, one could only imagine how traumatizing that must be. And then not to mention all the stigmas that come along with it. It's something that a normal person wouldn't even think of or or even like like decide to like look into. It's not a matter people really look into. And then right. you're sitting in front of T Saint and you start hearing all these things and it's like, damn. <laughs> Oh uh, man, like it makes you want to cry, you know? What yeah, I mean? because it's like, oh, that's how people see me first, second, and third. You know what I'm saying? Fuck right. me being beautiful, fuck me being smart, amazing, good with my hands, good with people. You know, look at me, I'm in tears already. Man, you know, fuck all that amazing stuff. Right. You feel me? Like, yeah. I'm not good enough because I'm living with something that can't hurt you. Like, yeah. what? Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so like, what what like drives you to want to please other people the way you do you know knowing all these these stigmas and these issues that you have to face uh i don't know if it's people pleasing anymore because i used to really like do that a lot in my life um right. but it's more so i just want people to be less ignorant like to be less hurtful because I'm a strong person. You understand? It's easy for me to talk about my life because talking about it and going through it are two totally different things. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. So for the fact that there's so much ignorance out there, like in such an ugly way, even here in the fucking kink community where we are already stigmatized, it's already a taboo community, you know? Like, I just really wish people would be less ignorant and give themselves a chance to be around amazing people and not be so judgmental that way. Yeah, no, you you totally have a a, a great point right there, because when you when you think of people that you love and the things that they do that you love about them, you should never think of, like, first of all, anything that is romantic in the first place or intimate in the first place, like get to know people, 
know their soul enjoy but don't care about that anymore and that's why i always say my status like first and foremost because it's always the sexualized shit first right it's right. always oh you look good i wish i could do all that all right well here's the deal this is what i'm living with if you can handle that then we can talk about all the things like and all that stuff and immediately almost immediately 9.5 out of 10 times yeah end the conversation why do you think that people are so out of touch with like genuine connection Say that one more time. Why do you think people are so out of touch with genuine connection? Uh, because we're taught that humans, like being naturally human is unnatural. Like connecting with human beings is not a natural thing. We're supposed to be doing all this other weird shit, like spending all our hours working and bullshitting and living in these systems. And I feel like it drives a fork in the actual human experience. You know, so they're feeding us society and our, the systems we live in are feeding us this idea that this is what humans do. But no, half of the shit that we do are definitely not what humans do or what we should be doing. It's a bunch of bullshit, you know? Right. I bet you we would be so elevated as a human species if money didn't exist or any of these facades that we have in the world and these addictions to social media and attention and things like that, like the world will probably be an absolute crazy, amazing place. Absolutely. But because we have people in power that want things their way, it's not likely that we'll see that in our lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully in our kids' lifetime, they'll be... The, the sound went out, by the way. I can't hear you if you can hear me. We'll get her back in a second, folks. Looks like we are having some audio. T saying, I can't hear you right now. Um, double check the mic option. I can't hear you right now, T saying. Can you hear me? Let me see if we can do this real quick. One second, y'all. T-Sang, can you hear me? There we go. There we go. All right, we're back. <laughs> All right, we got T-Sang back. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now, yeah. All right, <clears throat> I'll edit that part out. No problem. I can um, hear you now. Oh yeah, <laughs> turn it up, turn it up. SOS me. All right, so um, let's see. One second, folks. Nope, you're all the way up. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? No. Okay. Let's see, one second. I'm going to send you a DM on IG. So while we work on technical difficulties, y'all, I appreciate <laughs> this amazing pedicure. Okay, because it's not often that I do this for myself. Let me get a little bit closer. 
right back folks one second Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, we're back, everybody. See, we always we always figure out the tech difficulties. That's all good. This is what happens when you when you're doing a live podcast. You know, you, you run into a little issue and we fix it. That's how we do it. That's that's and how that's we do right. it. We make it work right? and we keep it pushing, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for those visuals, by the way, because you're so welcome. Yeah, that's that's. I don't what. think these people know. Do y'all know how much um, tension that puts on the ankle? You know, all of that that we do. <laughs> does it really? Does it? Uh, like, it does. It... it really is a lot of the reason why I use the pain stick because that flex pulls this right here. Ah. So if I we're can't. constantly doing this, this, imagine how many muscles in our feet we're stretching daily. That's true. That's very true. That must be why, like, a lot of foot models have buff calves. <laughs> the calf muscles are always buff. Have oh, the okay. strong calves because we're constantly having that, like, muscle all the time flexing. Right. That's that's a good point to make right there. What got you into, you know, doing the the BDSM, the DOM and, you know, modeling of the, the feet a little bit? Like, what got you into that? Okay, so I've always been into kink, right? Right. In my personal life. Um, unfortunately, a lot of my introduction to be at BDSM was through abuse. Um, so I wanted to find a new way to enjoy what I enjoy in my life in a safe way. And then one year I ran to Anishka and okay. we kind of pretty much clicked ever since. And she was like, don't you want to think about like doing this live? Like, 
you know, we can get you on the internet. And I'm like, I'm not really an internet person. Like all the work I've ever done has been in real life, you know? Right. So she's like, no, this is going to be great. And then I'm like, okay. So what I can do is kind of create a monster here, right? So we started off with the feet, get people, you know, coming in. And then we show them the art, right? You know, we show them that I'm crafty, not just cute with cute feet, right? Mm -hmm. And then we talk to them about living with HIV and stigma and having those conversations and advocacy. And boom, I'm able to offer more than just one thing to this community. No, that's awesome right there. I mean, you you're using the 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 FFC, the the foot fetish community as as the anchor and you're allowing them to see all the other great things that you're about such as being an HIV advocate and what have you. Um being an advocate in the in the community, what what makes you feel like, you know, or what makes you feel that it's so important because I feel like just hearing you talk about the things you were talking about early on in the podcast but you have a great answer for that. Why is it important for me to talk about it in this community? I'm going to give you one great example right now. Sure. So some dude hit me up on my Twitter and was like, I sent you an email, check it as soon as possible kind of shit. And I'm like, ew, nigga, what if I already checked that email and was like, you're dumb. <laughs> but I went and checked the email anyway. And the email was proposing, oh, um, I want to book you for a foot job, hand job, backwards foot job, uh, foot worship, ass worship, all this other stuff. Oh, yeah, by the way, I don't plan on paying you, but I'll give you the content. We could both make money. Um, but if you want to get paid anything, then expect to not get any content. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I wrote him back on his Twitter, if this is what we're doing, right? Because obviously you didn't read into me. You didn't really read my brand. And you know, almost all of what you said is not part of what I'm doing. Okay. So I pretty much wrote on his Twitter, like, none of this has anything to do with, like, ball busting, trampling, like, you know, none of that stuff. So I'll pass. Right. So he goes, oh, no need to be extra. This is how we're professional. And then proceeds to say on our timelines mm-hmm. don't you got hiv lol and blocks me and then he puts actually he adds like a gif of um who is it one of these freaking actors funny actors like gagging like throwing um, up and then blocks me. and this After is somebody that people have worked this. with oh gosh this is somebody in our community that's making content Oh, really? Yeah, like, the per- the person hit me up on Twitter. Actually, somebody found me their Instagram account or whatever. Um, but I definitely blasted them on Twitter for, you know, being freaking ignorant. And the fact of the matter is you sought me out. Right. You saw, you- where'd you get the information from? My bio? Right. Because it says it in my bio, like, on all my platforms. So... Do you feel like sometimes there could be some content creators that take advantage of of models um, offering services in that kind of way? And it, yeah, well, I was just like, this man has the fucking audacity. Are you dumb? Like, you have to be stupid if you thought you were going to hurt my feelings with information I give out freely. And the fact of the matter is, is that you have this idea of people and this fucking ignorance and you're allowed to work in this community. It's just a big 
fuck no for me. Did you think that because I was living with HIV that I was automatically going to accept your request? Because, oh my God, like, I'm so grateful that you're giving me this opportunity to put my feet and hands on your cock. Like, what? Right. Yeah, no, that's that's messed up. That's that's dirty work right there. They're they're working in a dirty way. I don't think that's cool at all. Like, are you kidding me? I feel like they gotta have more respect for somebody like you because you being an advocate and being so out there and open, like how is it that you get stigmatized and abused verbally and you know bullied over the internet with gifts and what have you more than somebody who is hiding the fact that they might have that and openly just out there giving it to people without even and telling them. Thank you. And this is what I say. So y'all, y'all, I'm talking to all y'all people that be doing that. Y'all want to stigmatize me, but how many people have you slept with that you have no idea about their STD or STI history? How many people? I bet you it's a lot of people. Swap oral sex with, penetration with, whatever. How many one night stands? Right. How many, I don't remember his name. I don't remember her name. Yeah. How many times of unprotected sex? And you're going to sit here and treat me some type of way because I have the balls, to be honest. Right. Bananas. I got to say, too, I want to, I want to shout out your, um, your Brooklyn like verbiage and ac- accent, by the way. Let me- Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. Oh shit! Oh, all right, everybody. See you y- later. <laughs> y'all heard this, man? You see, this is where the Bronx comes out. Cause how dare you? Oh my gosh! All right, so which one is Hell's Kitchen? Hell's Kitchen is definitely in the city. Okay, so that's not like Bronx or Brooklyn. No. Either or. Okay. See, I don't, I don't know that much about New York, by the way. But when you said "fuck out of here," <laughs> yo, listen, that's one of my favorite terms. Fuck out of here, eat a dick, go <laughs> fuck yourself. You oh, know what I'm saying? Gosh. And I also could be extremely polite, you know. And we right. can put on our whitewash voice, and but also eat a dick, you know. <laughs> that's just how New Yorkers do. So I'm gonna give it to Brooklyn too. You know, yeah, we don't sure. give it to Brooklyn because we, we, we do the same things. Right, right. What like what part of town do you think is like the the tougher part of town? In New York, period? Yeah, or is it all aggressive? <laughs> nah, the neighborhood I live in is beautiful and it's still in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I actually live right by the Botanical Garden and the Bronx Zoo and the forest pretty much right oh, behind wow. my backyard. So we so have you so much more again. Around stigma about being from new york right oh all right right but i got if you were to see my view like you'd be able to see the entire city from here but see like for people that have never been to new york like how could you how could you not stigmatize because it's like in all the movies everything that everywhere you because the people portray us they perceive us as this way before getting to know us it's not fair Hey, well, I'm from California, right? And people, people stigmatize you. I have no idea what like the stereotype California, you know, surfboard, eating in and out all the time. <laughs> what else? Driving slug bugs. I mean, uh, Volkswagen bugs. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> like everything that you can imagine, like a white surfboard dude. All <laughs> I can say, like for people that come from California, is like, yo. 
How's the weed out there? Oh, uh, that oh, that's a big one right there. But that, we do all that's, that's, really, that's really all that matters. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, fuck, be yourself, be yourself, whoever you are. But yo, like, you but, eat good. But just tell me that. Do you get to smoke good weed all the time? <gasps> it, oh yeah, because New York not like that. So different. What, what was the weed in uh, like in New York growing up? Maybe that's why we're fucking. Maybe that's why we're so fucking angry, and we say fuck out of here so much. <laughs> Because you got a good smoking like mids and getting charged <laughs> like it's from you know the best shit from God's green earth. I remember one time I was in Florida. This was years ago. This was before like weed was like good in most places because it's you know getting grown by people who know what they're doing. But I was in Florida and somebody tried to sell me some weed. I remember. So this was probably like in 2012, right? They tried to sell me some weed. And I look at it and I'm like, I'm like, I was like, what is this? And he's like, oh, man, this is that good shit. You know, the best shit you're ever going to smoke. Like, man, I get it from, uh, you know, I forget where he said, but I looked at it and I was like, dude, this is, this is some bammer. We used to call it bammer. You know, now I think, I think it's called Reggie, right? They, they call right. it Reggie. But um, yeah, it was, it was basically like bammer had seeds in it and everything. And I'm just like, dude, I'm from California. And he just looked at me. He's like, all right. My bad. <laughs> My bad. Forget yeah. it. Forget it. I bow. Yeah. I bow. Yeah. But that's I mean, that's, that's, that's why that's I say maybe that's why we're so fucking angry for over here for real. Because we can't really get medicated, you know? Like, not that, only do I live with HIV, I don't have a thyroid either anymore. So without having a thyroid, I have to take fake hormones. Ah. And I need to smoke because it hypes up like my mania and all that stuff. So I have oh. to smoke heavy indicas. Most weed out here, you, they don't even know what it is. They don't know right. what they're selling you. There's no dispensaries in New York? No. They just started, they just legalized weed all the way around. So now like stores could sell weed and get permits to sell and all that stuff. But there's still, even the stores are still getting like basic ass shit, you know? Unless <laughs> the stuff that they're getting is from California. Gotcha, gotcha. Man, that's crazy. Like, I, I would have thought New York would have been one but of the states. But then, if they getting shit from California, that's good. They want to call it Zaza and charge you like ninety dollars an eighth. Are you what? See, that's a that's a New York weed word for sure. Zaza. I'm like, that's what? You know how much I would pay for that if I just got it from the source? You dummies! You want me to pay ninety dollars for an eighth? There's no way in hell. Well, see, the thing is, it's so like the. Let's say like a, a pound of it in California goes for like a thousand dollars. That same pound, if you were to take that pound, not, I've never done this by the way, anybody, and I don't condone illegal activity, everybody. But you know, I it read before, I read somewhere before that a pound of weed in California that goes for a thousand in New York would go for like three thousand. So that's why it's probably being sold for more in New York. Because it's ridiculous. And I'm not doing that. I'd rather call one of my homies. And I don't condone illegal activities as well. But I'd rather call one of my homies to make me a care package. Right. Right. But not for nothing, when I came back from California, I flew back with so much stuff. Right. Oh, is that right? Like, just with my backpack. But we don't condone the um any illegal practice, everybody. <laughs> right. But I was just like, because it's legal now, can I mean 
when I no, take my too. regular medication on a plane, they don't check my medication. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so right. is it like that now where they're just like, that's, it's not a big deal. Technically you're not supposed to bring weed with you on planes, but I mean, are they really going to say anything? I feel you on that. But technically, if you had it on you, they'll probably just take it. Just being that most states are legal now. But right. if now, so if you wouldn't have, like if you're flying into a state that's illegal, they'll confiscate yeah. it. Because I, I looked it up for for Vegas to California and <laughs> I should have just drove. I know everybody, but I flew 30 minute flight. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> um, I looked it up for that because like, Vegas or Nevada and California are both legal weed states, right? right? So it said that no, you're not you're not supposed to do that because when you're in the air, you're in f- federal um, laws or what have you. So federal federally, it's not legal. It's still illegal, yes. Yeah, yeah. But are they really going to go through the extents of you know looking through everything, especially if you don't have like a crazy amount? Like I can get it and understand if you got like five pounds of weed and you got it in your fucking bag and it's reeking <laughs> they're right, probably that's different them. but if you just got your personal you shit like yeah it's a big deal exactly exactly personal use you're good so i mean you know i i feel like they probably would never say anything but you know i i feel like that's at the discretion of whoever the Who person is Exactly, exactly. Uh, let's go into a foot commercial. We, we have an official foot commercial. Yes, so let's do it. saying, oh, that, sorry. Last thing you guys want to see. Shout out T Saint. So I got her IG on the page as well, right here. T Saint, the goddess with X's, though. So it's T Yes, T S A. I M T the G O D D E X X. And then on Twitter, it is G O D D E X X Saint. So you got to make sure you holler at her. Yes, as you can see, holler there, at you can me. Hear. And when you guys go through there, you'll have a wonderful surprise that my only dance is free. Oh, we got the free OF. It's free. It's free. You heard? Did you hear me here first? Free, 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 free. <laughs> so y'all be in for a treat. Let's show some love, right? Absolutely. How, how long have you been on the OF? Has it been a has it been a blast? Honestly, it hasn't been a blast because I hate technology. Why do you hate technology? Look what it's doing for you right now. It's because I am a crafter. Like, tell me about your craft. These are what, t- what time do you have? Oh, it is eleven forty-one. Okay, so I have about ten minutes with you guys. So this was inspired by the crow. Mm. I like it. So is that is that wood? Yes, this is all solid wood. All my pieces that I make, all my floggers are all solid wood. They're all salvaged wood. So it also says on the back, it can't rain all the time. And so that's a whip right there. Yes, this is a flogger. Oh my goodness. So all handcrafted, and then we got the dragon's tail. Wow. 
that's amazing. And you do all this by hand. That is yes. So because I do so much by hand, like these are all cut by hand. Wow. Even that resin in there. So and and those are paddles, yeah, for like spanking. Yes. Or you know, or we can get a little bit of that in there. Right. Then we have this. Oh my goodness. A chain. Yeah. I feel like that would hurt way too much. Right? Let's see. No. Oh. It all depends on how you use it, right? Because it and also could be just Right. And do you do you make these for yourself or are you making them for others as well? I oh I make them for others as well. I do sell my work. Um I that's also one thing I'm working on is getting my website up. I do have another page um called Dotic Saints Shop. Um S H O P P E um on Instagram as well. I just need to upload my more work. I have so much I work on crafts so often that I'm having a hard time like keeping up with being a single parent and my health and my crafting and you know my fat and kink stuff and life and ah, that's how I feel sometimes. It's hard to so stay focused. For me, I take most of my stuff as custom work. I don't make the same piece twice. I never will. Um, so anything that you get from me will be, you'll be the only one that has anything like it. Um, so I do hope to by next year, end of next year, to kind of stake my claim in the community as a designer um, as well. So yeah, it's all coming together. <laughs> No, that's that's big right there. I mean, I see so much potential and opportunity for your for your craft work right there, because like I've never seen anything like that before. And to have custom work like that, I feel like that special, yo. Like I'm tired of seeing like the same people. All right, I'm a Mister Rogers, y'all. Okay, so we about to Mister Rogers, y'all. This is also, you know, the piece we're taking it off because I do have to pick up a kid from school. All right, everybody. Well, but I do want to say that I do hope that I can bring that to other people in the community, you know, give them that special care. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Um, Give them, you know, because I'm kind of tired of seeing models with the same fucking Amazon paddle. You know what I'm saying? That was like 19.99, and they just bought it for props, pretty much, or whatever. Like that shit irks me to death. No, that your your craft work is going to be huge in the community. I could already see it right now. So that's that's really what I'm ho- hoping for. I'm hoping that people will see me more than just a pretty face. Um, will understand that this 17 means that like I deal with like 17 versions of myself. You know what I'm saying? And I want them all to be highlighted where they should be. Um, I want to bring uniqueness and elevation to the community because I feel like it's so necessary. 
Um, it definitely is. Like I said, I want people to be able to express themselves through the things that they use, right? For sure. Because how am I supposed to know about your personal personality if you use the shit of a thousand other people, you know? 100%. Now, you got a great point to make right there. And I think it's going to be huge. And I can't wait for uh, more people to get exposed to it because those are the bomb right there. So shout out to that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, T. Sam, for taking some time to be on the Pop Pod. And oh, man, you're out. absolutely welcome. Thank you for giving me a platform, yo, like to just shoot the shit and like get to know you a little bit better. And I dig your style. You just have a very curious mind. And I love that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that a lot, greatly. Um, man, anytime you want to come back on a podcast, just let me know. We can oh, shoot the anytime, shit. Anytime you want to shoot the shit, I'm here, right? Absolutely. So everybody, make sure you go and follow her social media, IG, Twitter. Let her know that you appreciated her time. And yes. uh, thank you so much once again, T. Saint. I'll let you go and handle your business. But um, You already know. Until Peace next time. All right, everybody. Holla at y'all. Next episode, we out.